You're listening to WGWG.org. I'm Jeff Powell. In the studio with me is Matthew Tesnier, the big sports fan. And uh, we're going to do what we do every week, and that's talk sports. Because with a name like the big sports fan, what else will we talk about? Yeah, exactly. It's always a great day for sports, too. Yeah, let's talk movies. No, that's another that's another podcast. It's another podcast here, WGWG. Yeah. Several movie podcasts, actually. Oh, uh, we do have lots of movie podcasts, and uh, we, we don't have any real food. We tried it in the past, but... We've uh, we don't have any real food podcasts. See, I need to talk to you about doing a food podcast. Yes. I'm interested in that. You're I, a I foodie. eat at least three times a day. Very much a oh, foodie. Now. At least. At least. Yes. Yes. All right. <laughs> I think that qualifies me a little bit. But the topic today is sports. Um, sad note: a passing of a great. Yeah, we had the passing of a of a couple of greats this week, and Pat Summit was yes. was perhaps uh, in in the public's eye the the uh, most notable mm-hmm. uh, of those. A lot of folks talking about that this week. Pat Summit was the longtime head coach at the University of Tennessee, coached the women's basketball program there. Um, she's got courts named after her in college basketball. I believe she's got a street there in Knoxville, Tennessee, as do most of the coaches who have had a lot of success at the yeah, University yeah. of Tennessee. I think there's well, and players, too. I think there's a Peyton Manning pass. I think there's a Philip Fulmer way was their football coach. So they like to name things after their coaches up there. So they take their sports seriously. And Pat Summit was the kind of coach who made people take women's basketball seriously. And a lot of folks who are just general casual fans who are the football fans, the basketball fans, don't take women's college sports seriously yeah, a lot of times. They don't and pay a lot of attention to it. Exactly. And and Pat Summit was able to get people to pay attention. And, and I believe even before uh, the University of Connecticut, which most people know in, in today's college sports world, they know college basketball on the women's side for. Yeah. Uh, Pat Summit came in first with the University of Tennessee, and she was uh, a highly successful player herself. She was an Olympian. Uh, she was a great college athlete. Um, I believe at UT Martin, I think she went to. Um, it feels like she was at the University of Tennessee in Knoxville her whole career, um, but I believe she played at UT Martin and then later became the coach at, at the University of Tennessee. But so many great stories uh, in the past week since since her passing uh, here in here in recent days. Um, one of my favorites was uh, about her as a child, and, and she was always a very stern coach. Uh, Shamika Holtzclaw, one of her players in the 90s, said this week, you know, that stern glance that she would shoot you, that she was known for, those sharp, piercing eyes, that seemingly you would be like, yes, Coach Summit, even if you weren't on her team. Um, you know, anybody would, uh, maybe even folks in the military would be like, yes, Coach Summit, when they saw that glare. Uh, but Shamika Holtzclaw, one of her players in the 90s, said that that look, Look, when you saw it, anytime you saw it, you knew you better get it together. It, that's what it said. Get your stuff together. Whether you're making mistakes on the court, whether you're not performing in the classroom, whether you're struggling in life, if she shot you that stern glare, uh, you better get it together. But one of my favorite stories that, that maybe tells a little bit of why she was the strong, uh, stern-faced woman who she was, uh, I, I believe I read it in USA Today, when she was about 12, uh, her dad was a farmer. She was a Tennessee girl through and through. She she was raised in ten, in the state of Tennessee. And her dad uh, dropped her off in a, in a uh, hayfield, I believe it was, and basically just pointed over at a tractor and pointed at some work to be done in the field and said, it better be done by the time I get back. 
Didn't give any more instructions than that. Didn't tell her how to turn on the tractor, crank it, any of that kind of stuff. Didn't tell her exactly what she needed to do. He just showed her the work. He showed her the tools. And then he said, it better be done when I get back. And he left. And uh, as the story goes, she figured it out on her own and uh, just applied hard work. And that's what a lot of people give her credit for is just working incredibly hard throughout her whole life uh, and expecting the same of her players. One of the other um, favorite stories that I heard about Pat Summit uh, has been kind of in a way showing you how uh, how much Tennessee was important to her. Um, I believe it was 1990, about 10 years after she started coaching, that she was um, pregnant with her first son, or her first child. And I believe she'd been coaching a game, and maybe at some point there near the end of the game, after the game, uh, her water broke. And so it's time to head back, you know, home after the game. But she's, you know, kind of starting the labor process. And I believe she was on a flight, and she would not let them land early for her to go and and have the child until she got back to the state of Tennessee. She wanted her boy to be born in Tennessee the way that she was born and raised in Tennessee. So she was Tennessee through and through. She was hard work through and through. And she just had – we talked recently about Muhammad Ali and stats and how in boxing, stats maybe not so much. But in basketball, as in baseball and football, you know, we talk about stats all the time. Pat Summit has more wins than any college basketball coach in Division One ever, men or women. Uh, she has more than Mike Shashevsky, although he's still coaching. She has more than John Wooden, the great, great coach at UCLA. She has more than Dean Smith at Carolina, Bobby Knight at Indiana and Texas Tech. Uh, 1,098. She won 84% of her games. I believe she won even a higher percentage at home at the University of Tennessee. Eight national championships. And maybe most impressive of all for me, she never had a losing season. Wow. Never. You know, you always, in college sports especially, are trying to rebuild. Sometimes you'll have an exceptional senior class. Maybe they had a great run. They'll graduate, and you'll have to kind of bring in some new recruits, and you'll have to coach them up and and make them the leaders on your team. But she never had a losing season. And that's just unbelievable. You just don't see that in any any level of any sport, that that is a team sport especially, when you have to rely on great coaching, great recruiting, um, great staff. You know, your players have to have it together all the time, every day. Um, so she, she was an exceptional, exceptional woman, person, and coach. And it stood out to me, in the last five years she's been battling dementia. And uh, my grandmother uh, is battling dementia. And so I think, you know, the more I hear about different people battling dementia, whether it just be, you know, what we might call regular people or whether it be people who are her considered stars and, and are in the public eye um, as, as celebrities, I see more and more people kind of revealing that they're battling that as well as other other diseases and illnesses too um and so i think a lot of people have been able to identify with pat summit through that battle over the last five years and at times you you really couldn't tell that she was going through that um and and, you know she she maybe she hit it well or maybe she was just so strong that she could overcome it as long as she could but i think um things got a lot lot tougher for in in recent weeks and in recent days and and we heard early this week that she was not doing well and then the next day we heard that she had passed away um so certainly just one of the greats all time in coaching in general uh it has brought out a lot of folks talking about the important role of coaching in general how coaches play such a key role in the lives of their players not just on the court or on the field but they spend so much time 
with their athletes, uh, whether it be professional or uh, college especially. And uh, in college, they, they not only shape their, their athletics, but they shape their academics, they shape their social life. And if you have a good coach who's intent on keeping you on, on the right path, uh, there may be no greater mentor at that level at that point in your life. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, college is a time when you, you kind of get out of the house a little bit. You might be, especially if you're going away to college a little bit farther from home, away from mom and dad a little bit more and some of the influences you've had growing up. And so for a lot of athletes, I think that coach kind of fits into that mom, dad, uh, mentor role that, um, that we all need um, in our lives. So I think Pat Summit's a great example of that. Another passing this time in the world of football. Yeah, Buddy Ryan, and um, you know anybody who's who's been familiar and been a huge football fan and, and watcher, especially in the '80s, knows Buddy Ryan. He was really the the author of the defense of the 1985 Chicago Bears, the Super Bowl Shuffle uh, team, and I'm sure they'd probably rather forget that embarrassing dance at this point and just remember how great their defense was. And it was, I, they, you know, just incredible team of, of sack artists. They they sacked the quarterback like crazy I don't I don't know what the stat was and I think maybe that stat still stands most sacks for a team in a season I think I saw that this week um but Buddy Ryan coached football for 35 years. Uh, he was a defensive coordinator on that 85 Bears team. He's well known for creating the 46 defense um, which is a defense that uh, kind of puts a lot of uh, defensive pressure on the uh, defensive line and the linebackers. It, it kind of loads up uh, the line of scrimmage on the defensive side. It's kind of a menacing looking defense because you have, I think, six across the line, uh, and then you have three more defenders behind that. Uh, two defenders behind that, sorry, and then three defensive backs. And so instead of kind of having them spread out all over the field, there are more guys getting ready to get in your face. It, it's yeah. a good pressure defense, uh, essentially. Um that puts puts a lot of people on that defensive line, um, so a lot of people use that, and and I've heard about that, and and I'm a sports video game nerd as well, and so I'm familiar with the 46 defense from Madden football. Um, a couple of us in the office have been able to talk about uh, about Madden and uh, strategies and play calling and all that from time to time, and 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 I use that 46 defense uh, when I've played video games because it's an effective defense, and so it works works digitally when you're when you're a sports video game nerd, but it worked on the field too, and it really worked for the Bears. Um, but he, the the interesting thing about Buddy Ryan, uh, two two things of note that I didn't really know. I, I knew him for defense. Um, his sons Rob and Rex have gone into coaching, uh, have been head. Uh, Rex has been a head coach. I think Rob has just been a defensive coordinator, um, but they've both been in the football football world themselves. Um, I knew he was he was known for defense. I knew he was kind of a defensive mastermind, and that's how people saw him. Didn't know he didn't have a lot of success as a head coach. When he went to trying to be a head coach, his teams were not uh, were not incredibly successful. But the other thing I didn't really know about about uh, uh, Buddy Ryan was from his his career and his life in football, he was not afraid to tell you what he thought. He he was one of those who definitely and you think of that in football sometimes that people get in your face and, and coaches get in your face and you know you think about kind of going through boot camp training camp before the season starts and having coaches yelling at you and you know running through the drills and things like that to make you tough and, and get you ready for your opponents. But uh, I think he he uh, kind of even went past the normal level in liking to tell people what he thought of them, uh, even if that that wasn't too nice. Some Sometimes and he he made no bones about telling you what he what he wanted to tell you, um, so he was an interesting figure. He was he was a colorful figure as well. But um, Buddy Ryan, we'll we'll uh, continue to to talk about him 
uh, in the coming months, and folks will remember him, I'm sure. You know, as usual with the the Hall of Fame uh, game, which kind of kicks off the preseason for the NFL, they'll probably as well as anybody else, and uh, with ties to the NFL, kind of memorialize him yeah, yeah. Uh, in Canton as the season gets started here in about a month. It's not long till football starts. Yeah, that's true. It's coming right up. Uh, I think we've got some uh, Garden Web swimmers to talk about. Yeah, we've we've talked a, a good bit about swimming, but uh, a little another little bit of history for Gardner Webb, and it seems like we've had a lot of that here uh, in recent weeks with different sports, with baseball and others. But uh, our first two men's swimmers ever to go to the Olympic trials, the U.S. Olympic trials, a chance to go and get in the pool and swim and get your spot on the Olympic team. And, um, and it's, as I understand, Nathan Lyle, Connor Boss, uh, Nathan Lyle just graduated. Uh, Connor Boss is a rising senior. So he'll be back for another year here at Gardner Webb, working on his undergraduate business degree and swimming for Gardner Webb. I believe it was uh, both of them in the men's 100 meter backstroke preliminaries. And basically, you uh, swim in preliminaries for the trials, trying to make a certain time uh, to get there to the trials and compete to um, get yourself on the Olympic team and get get yourself a spot in, in whatever events that you're looking to swim. And so uh, really good exposure for Gardner-Webb, getting our name out there at the men's, men's swimming you know, national stage and, and really international stage if you really want to look at it with the Olympics being being that next, next level where they'll go to Rio and, and compete in August. But uh, the first time we had had someone at an Olympic trial since 2008, uh, women's swimmer Tara Wilson uh, swam in the, in the women's side in 08. But these were, these were our first men. And of course, our men's program came along right about the time she was, was going to the Olympic trials, Tara Wilson. So men's program has not been around that long, but it, it has achieved immediate success uh, as our women's program has had. So um, just another step, getting our name out there. I know Connor Boss told us um, in, in an interview at one point when we did a feature for the Gardner Web magazine, anywhere I can go and I can put on that Gardner Web swim cap, uh, I can wear that Gardner Web jacket uh, in, into whatever pool or arena that I'm going into gets our name out there and I know that's good for the school as well as being good for me and so I think our swimmers have a good sense of knowing uh, they're, they're they're good marketers for Gardner Webb they know that when they go somewhere it's not just about them in the pool if they're if they're representing Gardner Webb they know that they need to do it and do it well uh, and so that's they're, they're incredible representatives to have yeah um this weekend july 4th holiday weekend not exactly the big sports weekend is there anything we should be um keeping our minds on as we go into the weekend for sports well anybody anybody watch the hot dog eating competition i don't consider that sports that's but, not a sport but, but people love to watch that and it's actually one of those i i say that i will watch a championship in anything uh, i actually don't care for the hot dog eating championship oh, well, okay. um that that really is not something that i i get a, a kick out of uh, i have done a couple uh, of competitive eating contests i thought you had yes uh but i've retired uh, and i'm holding up air quotes for that um i've retired from that because i, I did it's not good for your body uh and, and, and i could feel that i never did a hot dog eating competition though i don't think i could do that um i did not fare well in the the times that i did try to compete but a lot of people will be watching that this weekend uh wimbledon tennis is is always going strong uh, right about the fourth of july um and you know a lot of the key suspects are, are in play over there in england uh for that tournament this weekend um 
Of course, baseball is going strong. We're nearing the all-star break in, in baseball. The Cleveland Indians have been incredibly hot. Um, just kind of as a note, I, I saw a story the other day of how suddenly after all those years of misery in Cleveland, they can't lose. The yeah. Cavaliers win the championship. The Indians, when I read that story, had won 12 straight baseball games uh, to pull themselves almost up to the best record in baseball. Uh, so they're streaking, and, and that is kind of the, the time of year when, when teams start to hit their stride kind of headed into July and uh, occasionally when they reach the trade deadline they'll, they'll pull another player in from another team looking to, to make a move or something and that'll just push them even farther so it'd be interesting to see can Cleveland can Cleveland win another major championship this year after winning the NBA finals and ending their their drought of misery uh, I think the other other one thing of note uh, was the College World Series uh, an incredible incredible run for Coastal Carolina and of course we were highly interested in that uh, around Gardner Webb because because uh, they're in our conference, the Big South Conference, and and Coastal's College World Series championship that they finished off with with Game Three this week in, in pretty dramatic fashion. We were following it around here. We weren't able to watch it. Um, we were we were at work, um, and so we were we were staying at work. But you know, you keep your eye on that. And I talked to the guys over in the sports uh, information office here at Gardner Webb too, and they were very much keeping their eye on that game. But uh, the first team national championship for the Big South Conference, and mm-hmm. so that can only be good for Gardner Webb, yeah. uh, getting that Big South name out there. Now, of course, the the kind of the uh, the other side of that coin is that Coastal is now leaving the Big South Conference, and um, forgive me if I'm wrong. I believe it is here in July so it's pretty much right now yeah, they win yeah. the Big South they, they went out on a good note <laughs> they went out on a very good note for them uh, and, and got that exposure for the Big South Conference because I saw that reference quite a few places and um of course, the Big South was ready to, to toot that horn because immediately, if you went to BigSouthSports.com yesterday afternoon, uh, Thursday afternoon as we record this, uh, immediately a banner ad popped up on the, the Big South Sports page that said, congratulations, national champions, Coastal mm-hmm. Carolina. Um, but they're moving to the Sunbelt Conference, so um, you know we won't, we won't be playing them as, as much as we have. Uh, but they'll be joining Appalachian State in the, kind of a higher, little, little bit higher tier of Division I. Uh, but we finished, Garden Web Baseball finished, Finished right behind Coastal this year, yeah. kind of in a tie for second. And so uh, we were talking uh, in the office yesterday just a little bit about how you know you, you like to play the six degrees of separation. You like to pay, play that association game. Uh, we finished right behind Coastal Carolina. We were right there with them, and they won the national championship. So what does that say about where we stand in baseball? Exactly. That's pretty good. That's good. Uh, I think we can make that association. So that's ex- Well, we did. We did. We, exactly. <laughs> we were making that association. So that's exciting, and it'll be exciting. And, and I know our, our, our leadership at Gardner-Webb is strongly involved in uh, work with the Big South Conference yes. and, and our administration and the administration of the league. So um, I know that's good exposure for Gardner-Webb and uh, can only get our name out there uh, as with the swimming that can mm-hmm. any, our athletics are a big big way to get our name out there and so that's that's happening and um, great things have happened if you have any questions for matthew just uh, email us here at the station we'll be sure to pass that information on to him and get a response for you info info at wgwg.org